You understand why we have to help Wesley with his sexism, right? Sure. I need you to sign here. I mean, deep down, I think he doesn't really mean it. He doesn't really mean it, right? Oh, no. And here. I mean, I'm not ignoring the sexism. I think he can be helped. He can be better. Absolutely. And right here. Done. Wait, those are all made out to you. Paid vacation? Like I'm going to stick around here while you try to demisogenize Wesley? Not. Welcome to Still Dead. I'm researcher and Southern Fried Scholar, Dr. Kelly Jones. And I'm story expert, Lonnie Diane Rich of Chipperish Media. And we're here today to talk about Angel, Season 1, Episodes 18 and 19, 5 by 5 and Sanctuary, both of which are Watchers. Because faith, that's why. (laughs) That's why. If it's any consolation, you look like you were tortured by a much larger woman. All right, let's raise the stakes. (laughs) In a crossover storyline from Buffy Season 4's This Year's Girl and Who Are You, Faith comes to Los Angeles as a fugitive after waking from a coma and raising all kinds of hell in Sunnydale. Wolferman Hart hires her to kill Angel, but instead she tries to make him angry enough to kill her by attacking Cordelia and torturing Wesley. When Angel finds her tormenting a bloodied Wesley, they fight, but he refuses to hurt her or kill her. Wesley grabs a knife, ready to give Faith what she wants. Faith breaks down, telling Angel she's evil and begging him to kill her. Finally, she collapses in his arms, sobbing, and Wesley drops the knife to the ground. aired on April 25th, 2000. It was directed by James A. Cotner, who directed 12 other episodes of Angel, and written by Jim Cofe, who also wrote Season 2's The Shroud of Ramon and co-wrote Season 2's The Thin Deadline. All right, so I think we're, we always start with Moments of Perfect Happiness, but I think we're just going to stay in Moments of Perfect Happiness because these episodes are so freaking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yes. These are my two favorite episodes in season one, because I love Faith mm-hmm. in Angel's universe even more than I love her in the Buffyverse, and that is one hell of a high bar. Oh, yeah. I think Faith really becomes Faith, you know, in Angel's territory. Yes. Like, we see in these episodes, there's there's different kinds of storytelling that happens between you know, Angel and Buffy, right? They're just different kinds of stories. And um, I think that that Faith just kind of fits, you know, better into a space that has that sort of grimy darkness to oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? absolutely. Which I think is just so fantastic. And it's so wonderful to see her. And Eliza Dushku is fantastic in this role. I mean, this was the role that she was born to play. Oh, absolutely. And her performance in these episodes is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I really like um the way this whole episode comes together. Like it feels like this is the first episode of Angel that mm. is is mm-hmm. what Angel can be. Like that yes. shows us what Angel can be. It is definitely the best episode of Angel so far. These two together are both amazing, you know. Yes. Um but it shows us what Angel can be and what Angel can do that's different from the space that it came from, you know, which I really really love. Angel, I liked Angel in Buffy. You know, I mean, I did enjoy him. Yes. 
I like Spike more. Fine. But I like Angel, <laughs> you know? Um, and I think Spike's a better fit, actually, for, for Buffy in that Buffy space. But mm-hmm. it just seems like this is the kind of story that that Angel is supposed to be telling, that we've got this kind of grittier, grimier space, you know, Mm -hmm. faith fits so perfectly within that. Um, And we're just telling different kinds of stories um, than we do necessarily in the Buffyverse. And I liked Angel on Buffy. I mean, yes, I like Spike more. I think Spike's a better fit for the stories that they tell there. Um, But I love Angel in this space. I love how deeply philosophical it is. Mm -hmm. I love how how thoughtful it is, um, how how unclean the lines are, you know, like we live in this gray area, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so much more gray area in Angel than there is in Buffy. And I like that. I like exploring that space. We're not just trying to duplicate what they did with Buffy, but we're doing something entirely different. And I think it's fantastic. Oh, I do too. And I think if you compare sort of the two worlds, I don't know if this is a difference in age Mm -hmm. Because what this episode does really well is show the true age and experience gap between Buffy and Angel. Mm -hmm. But life in Sunnydale is is pretty black and white. You know, Mm -hmm. the lines between good and evil are very clear. There's there's not a lot of ambiguity. There's not a lot of questioning that goes on as Mm -hmm. to, you know, why someone would do certain things. And so Faith was never going to thrive in Sunnydale. Right. Like, it was never going to be her place. Mm -hmm. But in Angel's LA, you have opportunity for redemption. You have people who are brought together for the purpose of atonement, you know, for Mm -hmm. the purpose of changing their path or helping people or answering some of these very difficult questions. You you know, you have, like you said, all this, I mean, it's basically a gray landscape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a different kind of evil that they're fighting. It's just a different kind of world. And Faith can find her place there. Mm-hmm. I'm sure prison was not that place that, right. you know, she hoped to find. But <laughs> I don't think she could have gone to jail in Sunnydale no. and found what she's going to find in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really love that, that, you know, a character from one universe might actually be a better story fit yeah. In another or that it allows you to do more with that it character? It allows more. Yeah, because faith went to the dark side, you oh, know, yeah. but with a soul. Like mm-hmm. if you have a soul and you go to the dark side, like the the presence of the soul, and this is going to be a really interesting discussion for a little bit later on. But the presence of the soul is like if you have a soul and you're good, you're good. Mm-hmm. If you have a soul and you're bad, you're bad. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a soul and you, uh, uh, you know, obtain a soul, then <laughs> you can have redemption, right? But we don't have a space really in Buffy for people who behave badly with souls to have have their redemption. Right. You know, we don't see that kind of story happening in Buffy. Um, Buffy is a, I mean, Buffy's great. Like, I love Buffy, but it's a, it's a less mature Mm-hmm. experienced kind of storytelling than we get an angel, which I think is so perfect. Um, so, all right, let's, let's start with five by five, our moments of perfect happiness. Um, I have to say in the beginning, I really like that we show that time, you know, in season three of Buffy when Wesley really screwed up with faith. Oh yeah. You know, when angel was trying to reach her, was trying to get to her and Wesley came in, you know, attacked Angel, right? You know, uh, stole Faith, kidnapped her, and, you know, basically made her believe she can't trust anybody mm-hmm. ever, you know? 
And um, I love that we see that right from the beginning, oh, you know, yeah. with yeah. Wesley. And one of the things, too, that I kind of want to hit on a little bit before we really start talking about Wesley in depth, as we will, um, is that, you know, I, I keep saying every time he says something sexist, right, that that's not Wesley. That's not my Wesley. That's not, and you know what? That is exactly what I did with Xander at first when I first started seeing things with Xander. I'm like, that's a bad Xander. That's not my Xander, you know? Um, and the thing is, in, in Buffy, as, as I talk about a lot in the sister podcast, Still Pretty, that talks about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, I, I talk about Xander as there's a shadow Xander and there's a light Xander. And that, that whole idea is fairly complicated. But basically, shadow Xander is bad and has no consequence because the writers don't acknowledge that he's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like this shadow part of him, you know. Um, and I'm, and I, <clears throat> I don't think that he, that bad part of Xander is supposed to be part of that. Um, characterization for him, you know, that we're supposed to see him as lovable, goofy, beta male type rather mm-hmm. than somebody with serious, serious problems when it comes to entitlement and women and all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, that's another discussion for the Buffy podcast. Still pretty. Head on over there. You will hear loads of that. Um, but looking at Wesley, I I feel like I see some of the same things, but I'm not sure it's shadow. I'm not sure it's unintentional. I'm not sure it's not supposed to be part of his character deliberately in the text. Like when he says things like the slut shaming things that he said to Cordy, calling her and her friends doxies, mm-hmm. um, the way that he looks at women when he says that, you know, women especially have difficulty handling these things because of their, you know, very tender constitutions or whatever, you know, <laughs> um, when he says this stuff, I think it is supposed to be part of Wesley. And when I say that's not my Wesley, you know, I'm basically denying part of what he is. You know, he is a complicated character. Um, there are a lot of elements to Wesley that are that are less than wonderful. And he doesn't have to be perfect for me to love him, you know. Mm-hmm. But I love him, mama. But I love him, mama. Which is what we say about all the problematic boys. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, but anyway, so like I want to somebody called me out on it and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember specifically who it was. I think it was somebody on Twitter, or maybe in the Discord chat. I think it was in um, Discord. Yeah, who said basically that, you know, yeah, this is who he is. You know, stop saying this isn't who he is because this is who he is. And um, and you're right. I was just working through my denial because I love him so much. And I still do love Wesley. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you can't love something, if you don't acknowledge everything that it is. Mm-hmm. And um, and Wesley's got some some issues in the ways that he deals with women. And it's something that we're going to talk about. So I just want to put that up front. I acknowledge <laughs> That Wesley is super sexist and um, and needs some tender, loving redemption, I yeah. think. Well, you're needs, still needs in a better place than I am donuts. because <laughs> we're getting a little bit edgier and edgier and edgier yeah. with Wesley, mm-hmm. including in these two episodes. Oh, yeah. We're still not there for me yet. So yeah. <laughs> we're almost dark enough. I'm well almost aware dark of what that says Kelly. about me and I'll just own it. But that's okay. Don't well, feel bad. I love I, I, I love Wesley, but I do need to acknowledge the complexity of, of that character and everything that's involved. And there are some things that are not so great with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do love is his ability to drive. He's a badass <laughs> in that opening cold yeah. open with Angel where they're chasing the demon. He is driving. He's badass. And then, of course, he gets hit in the face with all the demon guts. But, you know. <laughs> Everybody can have a bad day. Yeah, he's still he's still pretty badass. So I really enjoyed that. And of course, the part I know that you're going to enjoy, Darla. Oh, God, I know. Between these two episodes. Yeah. I was like, it, it, they made this just for me. Like, I know. It was just, 
just crazy. We get Dark Wesley. Well, we get <gasps> Dark Er Wesley. Not quite Dark Wesley yeah, yet, but, but we but get we're, some. We're, yeah, yeah. He's, we're he's inching over edge. there. We're, we're, we're inching over there, we're and we get there. Darla. Yes. So, what did you think about the flashbacks with Darla? Well, I think this was fascinating, mm-hmm. um, and I do also have a research question about it. But mm-hmm. Darla literally brought the girl to Angel, who ends up, yeah. you know, becoming the source of the curse. Right? She delivers unto him yes. the 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 um, element of his destruction. Yeah, exactly. And it was a birthday present, mm-hmm. and yeah. so her gift literally became his curse. Yeah, and that is fascinating. That is really fun. I mean, it is fascinating. And I don't know what it was specifically about her. Like, what Mm -hmm. was it about the fact that she was Romani or was there something special about her? Mm -hmm. But the way we see Angel bite her was so incredibly sexual. Um, You're talking about the vein on the inside of the thigh. Yeah. And the show's never gone there before. Not like that. (laughs) Um, And so, you you know, and he was instantly like, okay, I know who this is. I understand why this is special. Mm -hmm. Um, And we don't really get that, that backstory. Yeah. You know, to kind of wonder what was unique about her. What was, what was such a, you know, why is this different than any other girl that Darla Mm -hmm. could have kidnapped? Um, But I think it's really intriguing, especially given how Darla turns on him once he's cursed. But it's, you know, like she had a hand in that. I mean, she literally orchestrated yeah. the situation that led she to that curse. She brought him the source of his destruction. Yeah. And, 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 but the source of his destruction and his redemption, which is right. a destruction in her eyes, but it is actually the thing that saves him. Exactly. Right? Um, and I also really liked the moment when Darla discovered that Angel, you know, had a soul or that mm-hmm. something was different, right? You know, that he had been cursed. Um, because it was, it was this, this, interesting reflection of what happens with Buffy when she realizes that that angel has turned into Angelus, right. right? It's like the opposite. It's like that sudden realization that the thing that you love, you know, the person that you love is suddenly no longer that thing. And, you know, he's turning good, which is what repulses Darla. And then he turns bad, which is what repulses Buffy. And basically, you know, curse aside, angel just does not have a good time dating. no, it doesn't work well for him. Angel has terrible, terrible timing. Yes. When it, <laughs> yes. When it comes to dating. Um, but it is really interesting because her reaction was, they gave you a soul, a yeah. filthy soul. Mm-hmm. And and again, you have, you know, Darla's absolute hatred and, you know, yeah. she despises everything connected to mm-hmm. this idea of God and, you know, this, this kind of soul and, and her reaction to that is much more passionate than what we've seen from other vampires when they realize yeah. that situation mm-hmm. with Angel. Plus right. she knew, mm-hmm. you know, she knew almost right away what had happened. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that is still really interesting to me as to how that, is it a pheromone change? Is it something she can sense? Like, right. It's, yeah. It's really, really intriguing um, they can just see it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then, it's it's really neat. And to have that story, you know, of Angel getting his soul back and mm-hmm. and kind of the hell that that put him through. Yeah. You know, in that situation to now here's Faith, mm-hmm. you know, trying for redemption. Um, and I think one of the, the best lines that Angel had was just because you're ready to change doesn't mean the world is ready for you to. 
Yeah. Which is, you know, you you might realize that you want to do differently, but yeah. this is how people see you because of what you have done. And you right. can't just say, I'm sorry, I'm different. Like you are literally going to have to go this alone and no one is going to believe in you and no one right. is going to trust you and no one is going to encourage you. And you have to earn it because right. that's how redemption works. Like, exactly. you know, it's one thing. Angel gets the soul, you know, but it wasn't his getting of the soul that suddenly like, I'm good now. Everything's fine. You know, um, he works for it. He works for it every day. And he resists these, you know, lower parts of his of his temptation. You know, mm-hmm. um, there was a lot of discussion about um Last week's episode in um, Eternity, when uh, he he gets that drug, and I was like, well, he didn't lose his soul, so why did he turn into Angelus? And <laughs> other people were like, no, it's not. You said it, too. Like, yeah. no, it's not that he lost his soul. It's that he lost the inhibitions that holds that evil part of him down. That's right. You know? And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that's a really, you know, I, I still don't quite buy it, but, but I think that it's, it's this interesting idea that, that all of the things that made him behave that way in the first place, aside from the, you know, becoming a vampire, right? Um, but the, the elements of his personality that made him, you know, so vicious and enjoy that killing and that, that murder, you know, so much are still a part of who he is, you know, and that he has to keep that under lock and key. He says that all the time, but we don't really see that struggle. Like he, he is so, able to hold to the right thing and the good thing all the time. And it doesn't seem that hard to me in most of these episodes, you know, because he always knows what's right. And he always does what's right, as we saw last time in the ring, right? Yeah, Um, but I guess I see it more because when Angel says something, mm -hmm. like when he shares something or he reveals something and it's an emotional something, Mm -hmm. if he says it one time, I think it actually counts as him saying it a hundred times. Right. Because Angel Mm -hmm. doesn't share much. Right. You know, and like mm-hmm. back when he was sharing those dreams with Penn, he told Cordy. Yeah. You don't understand. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And so I think you have to take that and let it sort of echo and expand exponentially for all the times that he feels that way that he doesn't say anything. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that's probably a daily struggle for him. Um, just like with Faith, you know, we see mm-hmm. her. Angel has refused to hurt her. He's protected her. He's taken her into his home. She's in his bed recovering. He's taking, yeah. you know, he's taking care of her. And when she says angel and he turns around, she sees herself attacking him. Like that's what yeah. she wants to do. Yeah. And so I think that that was a great representation of what probably goes through his mind all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just don't, I don't feel that from him. I, I mean, I like I get it. I think textually it's there, mm-hmm. but I don't feel that from him because I, he is so strong because we yeah. don't see him struggle. I we don't see him want to hurt people. I see it, but yeah. I don't know if I see it because I've seen the whole show or right. if it's something mm-hmm. I would have sensed if I hadn't already watched the whole show. Yeah. So it's really difficult know. for me. I don't to, know. It's, you know, it's interesting. But I think like, I think everybody's got a really good argument. I oh, think there's yeah. a really good argument for it. You know, it's just like, for some reason, it doesn't, it doesn't hit me that way. But I think I can accept it. You know, mm-hmm. I can accept it that that's the way that it is. Um, but it is, it is this interesting, you know, kind of discussion about redemption, Oh yeah. you know, going on here and like what it takes to be redeemed. It's not something that you just suddenly snap your fingers, decide that you're going to be good. 
and that's it. Like you have to earn and scratch your way back. And some people, a lot of people, probably most people will never forgive you. Well, and it's, it's even a bigger challenge for faith Mm -hmm. because if a, a normal human person had committed a crime and gone and turned themselves in, they would be in prison, right? Yeah. No prison can actually hold her. If she doesn't want to be if held. If she doesn't yeah. want to be held. So every day that she's there, she's the one keeping herself in there. Yeah. So that is even, you know, it, it, it's a, an even bigger challenge. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a deeper, harder path to that redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they do a great job showing that. In her yeah. experience, you know? Yeah. No, I love that. I love that whole thing. Okay. So anyway, I'm sorry. We should get back to the episode. We're getting oh. into this whole big <laughs> discussion and we're not talking about the things in the episode. So we've talked about Darla. Yep. How great it was to see Darla getting that past and that history from Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really nice because it shows us again, like how much he um, he can really sympathize and sympathize with and understand faith, you know, because we have this moment after he's um, gotten his soul. Right? right. And he's starving and he attacks a group. Right. Screaming, I am a monster. Right. I'm a monster. Right. He knocks all the men out, you know, and then takes this woman. And that's what he wants. Like he wants, I think, them to kill him. He right. wants, you know, he's doing he's being who he is, mm-hmm. you know, and I am this thing. Kill me. I'm a monster. But he's also too strong and too tough and they can't kill him. And then he goes after her and he doesn't finish right like he bites her but he doesn't bleed or dry he doesn't kill her he just wanders away and there's that that space where you are both things at once mm-hmm. right you know um and we have the space with faith too where she is both bad and wanting not to be wanting somebody to to destroy her and to stop her this whole thing right she is begging for somebody to stop her oh yeah. you know she comes in she backhands Cordelia, right? She grabs Wesley and tortures him, but she doesn't kill Cordelia, which she could very easily do if she wanted to. Mm-hmm. She, even when she comes in, she has the crossbow on Angel in that first, you know, interaction, right? Yep. She has the crossbow on him. She knows where the heart is. She could have dusted him right there. She didn't. Right. She wanted to make him mad so that he would kill her. So she does this whole thing specifically so that he would kill her. How do I make him mad? Angel's not in the game, right? So he's she's going after these people. And even though she's torturing Wesley because she's pissed at Wesley, you know, um, I think that it's it's not enough. She could have killed him. She could have killed them both and left them dead for Angel to find. But she doesn't. You know, if she really wanted him to kill her, that's what she should have done. But she doesn't kill them. Yeah. You know, so there is this war within faith at that time. She is both people. Oh, yeah. And it's a really interesting reflection, too, because one of the first things we see is her at the bar. Yeah. You know, and so you have her dancing as fighting and Mm -hmm. fighting as dancing and trying to lose herself in the physicality of that. Mm-hmm. And then if you compare that to Angel, you know, who also expresses his emotions through physicality. Yeah. But Angel is calm control and Faith is self-destructive violence. Mm-hmm. But yep. but they're very similar in terms of their experience, their feelings about themselves. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the contrast that that they both have these physical expressions of emotion, but they're so completely on different ends of the spectrum. Yes. She's wild. He's controlled. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Yeah. It really was well done. Um, I think it was fantastic. And and seeing that sort of, there's this this urgency driving her that mm-hmm. she doesn't even fully understand. Yeah. You know, she was hired to kill Angel. Yeah. She's playing with Angel because she needs his help or she needs him to end her. Like right. she brings him a gun and puts it in his hand while she's yeah. standing in front of him and he shoots her. Right. Like, and the first one was blank and then she shoots him back. She's literally playing Russian roulette with her life. Yeah. yeah. You know, hoping to get to that point that he finally mm-hmm. makes that decision for her, mm-hmm. you know, and takes that pain off of her. Yeah. And and I just it's so well done. I mean, this mm-hmm. it, it's just amazing everything that they got in to this episode. Um yeah. and not only that, because in the middle of all of this incredible serious soul-seeking storytelling, mm-hmm. we also got some fantastic humor. Yeah. You know, and and we've got Lila and Lindsay together. <gasps> Oh my At god, Wolverine I know. Heart. Lila and, Lindsay and uh, Evil Bazinga. Oh god, it's so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I still the third lawyer, I just call him not Lindsay. Right. Um, <laughs> no, that's Evil Bazinga. That's yes, what Ian Evil over Bazinga. at uh, The Power of the Nerd has, has called like him. That. And he will always be Evil, Evil Bazinga, Bazinga to me. Because yes. every time I see him, I'm like, no, I want Lindsay. I want Lindsay. <laughs> Go back Lindsay. to Lindsay. It'll not Lindsay. Go away. Um, and <laughs> when I was like, Lindsay, where have you been, honey? I've mm-hmm. missed you. Um, I know. And when he said, I hate failure when there's no one else to blame it on. I know. <laughs> Love the, you know, know, like you literally have the struggle for a human soul mm-hmm. on Angel's perspective, and you have a, oh my gosh, we're gonna get in trouble with our boss. This is another day at the office, right? <laughs> you know, but kind still of fully evil, for, and all yeah. of these people are in sold. Right. Lila has a soul. Yep. Lindsay has a soul. Evil Bazinga presumably has a soul. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, all of it is. Um, it is. It's really. It's kind of fun, and it's fun to see Lindsay and Lila together. Oh um, yeah. So yeah, I just I really enjoyed all that stuff with with Wolferman Heart. I usually the Wolferman Heart stuff sometimes does not land quite as well for me, but I I, I enjoyed it in this time. Well, I did too. Um, and and in moments of perfect happiness, like mm-hmm. I have to say the energy between Lila and Faith oh yeah (laughs) totally working for me and (laughs) so like here is this slayer you know threatening this lawyer yeah who stays cool and classy as can be Mm -hmm. and she's like green is my favorite color I look good in diamonds and I love riding in limos. Yeah. And I'm like, oh they just don't come better on the dark side than Lila Morgan. Yeah. You know, no, Lila is seriously, seriously dark um, and so fun, you yeah. know, and not conflicted at all. No, like, you know, like, Faith she's... is conflicted. Angel's conflicted. All these people are conflicted. Right. Lila has no conflict. Right. She's, she's... like, this is what this is how it's done, man. That's you right. <laughs> she is so fantastic. And yeah. And then trying to see Faith like in that legal space mm-hmm. was so funny because, you yeah. know, they basically brought like, you know, an Amazon into mm-hmm. a crystal shop right <laughs> like, they have no idea what they're dealing with and then see she smashes evil <laughs> <Yeah. the singer. laughs> she just 
like, and Lindsay just picks up the phone. He's like, we need to change our general reservation. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. And, right. And when she's, you know, just this, you know, besides getting me off, how much are you yeah. going to pay me? And like, uh-huh. Lila's, I'm sure you'll be very satisfied with our performance. Right. And I'm like, I just want these two women the in a two show. Of them in a room, right? <laughs> like, God, no, seriously. They were so great. They were so great. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It made me very happy. Um, no, it was really, really fun. Yeah, it was, it was, God, it was so good. Um, and we see, you know, Angel continuing to mess with Lindsay, which I mm-hmm. never get tired of. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> and Angel comes into the law firm and Lindsay's like, just when I think I have you figured out, you show mm-hmm. up in a suit. Right. And, <laughs> just, and I love Angel there, like completely doing his thing, like faking that conversation with the guy. Right. It's so fantastic. Yeah. I love that. It was. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. so good. So Wolfram and Hart, you know, kind of ironically, like Faith ends up in Los Angeles. I can't believe that that is an accident. I think she's there to get Angel's attention, to get him to kill her. Oh, like, yeah. I think she must have known, right? Um, so she's in Los Angeles. She's looking for Angel. And then Wolfram and Hart comes in is like, hey, let's deliver you on a platter to Angel. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? right. um, so they hire her to kill him, which I think is really fun. But it's, you know, it's nice that we pull them in and and have them kind of tie in you know connecting angel and and faith which i think is really good but you know i i'm kind of loving wesley mm-hmm. like the whole thing with wesley and faith we get the history right we saw it in the preview you know that he had screwed up with her last year we have this moment with angel where he's like well you know last year i had a shot at saving her i was pulling her back from the brink when some british guy kidnapped her and made damn sure she'd never trust a living soul right um this whole thing you know with with a lot of faith faith in her problems being um on wesley Mm -hmm. you know that wesley has some responsibility in that so when she's torturing wesley um it's it it feels like it's not just a random thing you know like you feel that connection and Mm -hmm. when she sits and talks with wesley and says you know we're talking about fate right um you know what if you had been buffy's watcher and giles had been my watcher like how would that have turned out would things be different you Mm -hmm. know And she's really looking at like, if she hadn't gotten all the really hard knocks that she got in her life, could she be different? Right. You know, would she be different? Right. So I think that that's really interesting. I love that kind of conversation with her and and Wesley. But Wesley also is not having any of it. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't have a moment's like guilt or shame or anything for what he did with Faith. Um, And in that moment where he's talking to her and it seems like he's going to, you know, to try to reason with her and then calls her a piece of shit. I mean, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's hardcore. He punched her in the face, man. Yeah. He punches Faith in the face. I I I said, damn, Wesley just punched Faith. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wow. know, I mean, first of all, she is stronger than a vampire, right? He is just a human man. Right. You know? And the fact that he punches her is it speaks to his like courage because he knows he's gonna get walloped, mm-hmm. if not killed. Like he's gotta know. But he still like has no like he's I love how brave he is, you know? 
And um, so, yeah, it was it was kind of like it was shocking. It was shocking to see Wesley punch her in the face, especially with a lot of these like kind of sexism things that we're having mm-hmm. with Wesley, which we'll discuss a little bit more when we get to Sanctuary because he's a little bit a uh, little bit worse there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting and it's crunchy and watching him get tormented, you know, um, is really Oh, God. And when he grabs the knife, right? She's like, you know, kill me, kill me, kill me. He grabs the knife. He's like, I'll kill her, you know? And then uh, and and then he comes out and he finds Angel holding Faith as she's sobbing, you know, in the rain. And he drops Mm -hmm. the knife. Yes. You know, but he was ready to kill her, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's that's interesting. It is. It's very interesting. And it there's so many layers to it. Yeah, And I've got some of that in my research section, so I won't mm-hmm. dig into it too okay. deeply here. But I think it's it's really interesting to watch people's perspective shift. Mm-hmm. And they do that beautifully on this show. Yeah. Because Wesley was very certain of his mm-hmm. place in the world. Yeah. Like, he's okay working with Angel because Angel has been, you know, redeemed. He's got a soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Wesley's also there kind of in a watcher role like if you if you turn again i'll take you out right and mm-hmm. and it it sort of gives him a little moral high ground over angel mm-hmm. where he's just you know kind of i don't want to say waiting for angel to slip up but prepared for that mm-hmm. um and where angel's dealing with the darkness within himself every day wesley's not yeah and if you told him hey wes have have you looked at this? Um, I think he would categorically deny it and be shocked and believe that it was not true. Right. You know, because he doesn't see his role in from Fate's perspective. Yeah. You know, and then if you look at it from Fate's perspective, you know, here's Buffy with this mom who takes care of her, mm-hmm. with this watcher who takes care of her, these friends who help her. Mm-hmm. And Fate's never had anything like that. Yeah. You know, and Wes just immediately started training her and he was he was so morally superior in his role mm-hmm. as a watcher. Yeah. That he never looked at her as a girl and she is a young girl. Yeah. You know, she's coded as so much older than Buffy, but she's not. She's not. She's not at all. Yeah. You know, and so I just think that like not just his failing with her, but his failing to even realize Yeah. the depth of of how he let her down. Um, I think is, is interesting, especially because he's so comfortable in his own morality that he just doesn't see it. And, you know, I mean, the thing is that he is very comfortable in his own morality and his own, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to say superiority, but he is a little bit superior. Yeah. And I I just mean mean that in the moral side. I mean, I love Wesley, but but it is. I love Wesley too, but you see the way he talks to Cordelia. Yeah. But it's this, I'm very secure in the idea that I am a good person. I mean, he was a watcher for crying out loud. Yeah. Like he has, he has no question about whether or not he's a good person, but there are things that he does, you know, that, that are worth questioning. Right. You know, that are worth asking those questions. And he doesn't ask those questions, you know, and, uh, and that's also really interesting from him too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it really, really is. And, and you hear some of this from Faith, like she's so desperate Mm -hmm. for something to change, you know, and part of her wants that to be somehow saving her part of her believes that that's impossible so please just kill me now because i cannot live with what i've done and who i've become 
And mm-hmm. she's screaming an angel, you don't know what evil is. Yeah. Because no one could possibly understand her pain. Whereas, yes, Faith has done some terrible things, but in comparison to Angelus, yeah. she's like little bitty baby dark side infant. Exactly. She accidentally killed a guy. Right. And she kind of tried to destroy the world. I mean, but, but Angel does that two or three times a year. Angel, so, yes, Angel has done that on, on the reg. You know, so, yeah, <laughs> it, it is compared to Angel, what she's done. And I mean, she just has come back from, you know, from over on Buffy, where she uh, basically took over Buffy's body mm-hmm. and had Buffy, you know, shipped off as her, you know, and, and um, apprehended and everything and ran around in her life and slept with her boyfriend. Although, of course, Riley at the time thought that uh, that Buffy was right. was herself and not Faith. Um, so all of that is really complicated, the stuff that she did. And she, you know, she hurt some people. I think she killed maybe somebody while she was in Sunnydale. I know she 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 took somebody's clothing and like beat her up pretty bad. She's done some bad things but on the flip side and I'm not making any excuses for Faith's behavior but on the flip side of that you know the the magical object that let her change bodies with Buffy. Yes. That was not her plan. You know the only person who has cared for her like a father Mm -hmm. was the mayor. Yeah, that was his plan for her, which that is was, what she so wanted, right? And you know, and you see this, um, you know, she she is such a physical woman in the mm-hmm. way that she fights and the way that she yeah. parties, and any man that she comes in contact with in the show, she's very sexually aggressive. Yes, except with him. Yes, like the mayor she played with him a little bit, but he shut but that he down. Shuts it down. And he like never he, saw her that way. He never right. used her that way. He, you yeah. know, he buys her that pretty innocent kind of pink dress. Yeah, you know he he's putting her in a frilly bedroom with video games. Mm-hmm. Like he stepped in as a safe male space. Yes. Now, granted, he was leading her into a life of crime, but yes. it was not the but kind of. It was of, a loving life exactly. of crime. Exactly. And, and, and he was, you know, very much a father mm-hmm. to her, yeah. which is what her watcher should have been doing. Yes. Yes. You know, this is what Wesley, if Wesley had been that for her, exactly. she may not have turned to the mayor. Exactly. You know, but he didn't do that. So, um, so I thought that that was really good. And I'm really enjoying the, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying the whole movement of Wesley, mm-hmm. you know, from where he's been to where he's, where he's going. And we're going to talk about that definitely more in Sanctuary. Um, but right now, I think the last, you know, like section for our moments of perfect happiness, this, this final moment, right, with Angel and with Faith, she's fighting him. She's trying to get him to kill her. He won't kill her. She starts crying. She's beating him against the chest, right? And he just tries to hold her, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that t- is always heartbreaking to me. I cry every time I watch that scene. Oh, it is yeah. so incredibly powerful. Just the way that she breaks down in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is to me one of the like, best things that you know that we see in angel definitely the best thing we've seen so far oh yeah and that kind of of breakdown that kind Mm of keening sob from an incredibly strong woman Mm -hmm. is is so i mean it just pierces you it's it's and and her performance there was incredible yeah um and you know i love badass angel i love warrior angel i love Mm -hmm. stoic strong as hell angel but angel is solace Angel yeah. is comforter. Oh my god. Oh my god. I know. That is my favorite angel and we don't see that much. Yeah. But him in that space with her 
If I didn't love him before this episode, I would now. Yeah, if you don't love Angel at this point, just stop. Yeah. Like, there's, that's right. you know, then there's nothing I mean, else you, you can do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, is- if you aren't in love with Angel at this point, then whatever it is that you need out of stories and storytelling and David Boreanaz is like, we don't have it. Like, it's just not, you know? Right. But <laughs> this is so great. I can't imagine anybody watching Angel in this episode and not loving this character. Right. Yeah, he was just incredible. But I, I love that. And it it was not patronizing. It was mm-hmm. not egotistical. It was not, oh, right. little lady, let me fix your problems for you. Right. It was, I have been in this dark space. Let me yeah. hold you until you're ready to walk out of it. And I'm telling you, right. humans don't get better than that. No. And it just, God, it was oh, just wonderful. It was so good. It was just wonderful. All right. So all this stuff that we love, right? This is tons of stuff that we love, which is great. Um, is there anything in this episode you wanted to state? There were only two tiny things. Yeah. And honestly, mm-hmm. I loved the episode so much. I, I, might, yeah. I might just slap them on the wrist instead of staking them. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but I just wave a cross at them instead. Yeah, right? <laughs> maybe just a tiny splash of holy water, you know? Right. Um, but I didn't understand why the Sunnydale Scoobies would not have contacted Angel. Angel and about, about Faith. Faith. Like, yeah. that seems a pretty big oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only other thing is, when will Cordy learn to listen to Phantom Dennis? Yeah, Phantom Dennis, I have to say, has really good instincts yes, about things. He does. He's trying to shut the door on her, and she <laughs> and she keeps insisting on going in that he's jealous. And she says, you know, trust me, I'm never going to have sex with Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that was funny, but she always yeah. assumes that Dennis is jealous, and that has never been the case. That has never been the case. Dennis is a much better man. Yes. Yeah. He is. So that's it. Yeah. That's all I got. I loved every damn second of this. What about you? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, honestly, like everything I had was so nitpicky and tiny and I don't even really care. Nothing of it is, is really, truly stickable. Um, but there's one moment, right, when Evil Bazinga says, uh, you know, talks about remuneration for mm-hmm. Faith and she's like, huh? Yeah. You know, and this is the same thing we do to Cordy where we're like, hi, I'm a girl. I don't understand words. So could you, you know, we do that kind of thing. And I hate, I hate when they do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So that moment, like, you know, Faith may not be educated. She may not have an extensive vocabulary, um, but she's smart and she can work things out from context. Like, and it's funny. I read that a little differently. Yeah. um, Because to me, that was not about her looking stupid. It was Mm -hmm. about evil Bazinga, um showing his prejudice and arrogance yeah. um mm-hmm. like he was code switching on purpose he was speaking right. lawyer speak to someone he knows does not have that experience and he was trying yeah. to to make her feel inferior right i would have liked it like i don't i know that's what he was doing mm-hmm. and like that's fine because he's a jerk yeah. and he should get smacked in the face for that what I don't like is that we co-signed it by having her not know what remuneration Yeah, that's true. Is. And they do that. They've done that to Faith more than once. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't she's like not that. She's dumb. No. She's not dumb. Yeah. She can figure things out from context. She probably would know what remuneration meant anyway. Yeah. Like, she's smarter than she than she plays. Right. You know? So when she says, when she says, huh. Right. right. If, mm-hmm. if she had said, I would like to take my remuneration out on this table. Yes. And then grabbed him and beat the crap out of him. That's what I would have That would have been awesome. I would have liked her to be like, yeah, I know what that means, dirtbag. And here is your face again before <laughs> Micah. Like, um, so I just, I, I, I really hate, especially, and there's something about that using vocabulary mm-hmm. 
as a way of of showing how you know these girls are just so stupid like cordelia didn't go to college and so she doesn't know who you know whatever it was that like wesley was talking about whatever the, the but the context is there right they're smart enough they can figure it out right um so that's the thing that like i i really hate and there's something about that that just grates me the wrong way when somebody uses language as a way of um of putting people down mm-hmm. of like presenting themselves as being smarter or like you know making making part of a conversation inaccessible to somebody oh yeah by deliberately using language like wesley didn't do that but this guy's doing oh that, yeah right? he's doing it um and to me it feels like we're doing that like it's not the character that's doing it it's the writer that's doing that mm-hmm. with cordelia with faith mm-hmm. like no punched in the face that's it they know what this is right you know Right. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I, the whole thing kind of just rubs me the wrong way. I don't like that as a, as a joke. And mm-hmm. I also don't like co-signing on it yeah. uh, from the, the story perspective by having Cordy not know Lady Hamilton's virtue or by having Faith not know remuneration. Right. You no, know, I think you're totally right about the co-signing. I was, I guess I was just so pissed at him. Yeah. Because and you're supposed to be. I hate yeah. when people do that, like to try yep. to weaponize language or to try to. Yeah. Um, block out something and especially deliberately make things inaccessible you find right. it in academia exactly. all the time oh my god mm-hmm. yeah they do especially yeah. because they're there to hire her to do a job right. they cannot do Right. Like she she has a skill This is set. not the time right. to, you know, to try to make her feel stupid. Right. And, right. and to try to be like, also, there's that my ass is on the line. So you better make yeah. me look good. And I was right. like, you know what? I normally don't approve of violence. I'm totally fine with her beating the hell out of that man. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's he's much, much weaker than she is. So yeah, I mean, like, maybe the she way, could have just slammed him once. She beat him, slammed him once would have been fine. Like he would have deserved that, yeah. you know, and I like I understand like his his whole method is to intimidate people and make them feel lesser. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and that's fine. That's like the way that he works. So the fact that he did that is yeah. fine. Um, But, you know, but it's, it's you know what? She didn't kill him. Yeah. And nobody was stopping her. Like, yeah, Lila. And, yeah, as a matter of fact, Lindsay and Lila were really enjoying the show. Yeah. Like, nobody was nobody, getting away with Nobody that. cared. Yeah. Nobody called security. She, yeah. she could have killed him and she didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that whole thing I, I found really irritating. It was mostly the, the co-signing. Yeah. That no, I think you're absolutely that. right about that. And yeah. I was just so busy being yeah. mad that I didn't think about what the writers were doing. Because right, to me, right. that is, it's symbolic of bad teaching. Uh-huh. Um, anyone, because if, if you reach a certain level of education, you have privilege. Yes. Right? You have mm-hmm. an educational privilege. Yeah. And to use that against someone, especially when you know damn well what you're doing, I right. have absolutely no tolerance for that. So and it doesn't make you superior. No, it makes you an Knowing asshole. Knowing a word doesn't make you any better than anybody right. else. Like, like the fact that you have had access to information that other people haven't had access to right. does not make you superior in any way. But good God, go into academia and try to like get people that you know you will have to pry their superiority out of their cold dead hands that's not what makes you better no what makes you better is being a good teacher is making that information accessible to other people you know is is offering like when you get insight the the thing that you have is to offer that out well not only you know? that but to remember that someone taught you like yeah. you don't know this is not inherent to your yeah you know, yourself, like you learned mm-hmm. it somewhere. So that doesn't make right. you better than someone who hasn't learned it yet. 
Um, and, and I just, that kind of stuff makes me so mad that that yeah, was all no, I saw, is. but you're absolutely really right that the writers mm-hmm. were co-signing off on that. And so now I'm pissed at them too. Right. <laughs> well, you know, and I mean, the thing is like his, his, his method, his MO may be to like make people feel stupid so that they'll be intimidated by him. But man, he needs to learn how to read a room. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was not, gonna, that was not going to work with faith. He was, was trying to degrade the wrong slayer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right so with almost nothing to stake where are we with research mode on this okay so here's my question yes so the romani's cursed angel for mm-hmm. killing this girl yes but darla was the one who kidnapped her mm-hmm. darla was the one who brought her to angel right why did they not curse darla too they may not have known yeah, but how did they know they it was just, Angel? Like, if you how did they know it was Angel who killed her? Yeah, I don't know. He's the type to be like, "Hey, you know, I just killed your girl." Well, that's <laughs> true. Know? Well, I mean, that's true. He might have sent he's, them a picture of her. That he's he, little, he might have drawn a picture that's of her. True. Sure, he yeah. might have because that's kind of you know, Angelus is cocky. That's true. But and uh, yeah. so is Darla, and they're they're a team. Like everybody yeah. knows that they're together. Right. Um, and I just, I've always kind of wondered why they cursed him and not her. Right. Right. Like yeah. Just... I, I mean, my guess is, is that they, they knew Angel was the one who had killed her, but they just didn't know about Darla. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Well, I can accept that. That's just my guess. I mean, I really have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So that was about it. The only other thing I had was Fate's torturing of Wesley. That mm-hmm. I think because she's never had security or support or yeah. nurture or love. And like he was the last person to fail her. Yeah. That she's, you know, he now represents all of that right. for her. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, she's doing what she's doing. And because what she does is so bad, mm-hmm. he doesn't feel the need to question his role in it. Right. You know, because he's in that victim space. Um which he's entitled to be, because if somebody tortured me, I would be too. Mm-hmm. But that it's never addressed. Is mm-hmm. is like, I mean, they talk about yes, you scared her off when Angel was right. trying to save her, but everything until that point mm-hmm. is never addressed. And I think part of that is Wesley is also very young. He yeah. was a very young watcher. Mm-hmm. He's he doesn't know what he doesn't know, and he's just cocky right. enough to assume that he knows everything he needs to know. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that yeah. it just it did such a good job of showing, um, what you learn from experience. You know. Yeah. And and mm-hmm. how your perception and how your perspective and your paradigms change over time and with experience because nothing is simple. Yeah, You know, and, and I think that people who have not been exposed to as many difficult things, it's easier to hold on to a simple mindset when you haven't had to face yeah. the difficult gray ambiguity. Right, and, right. It's it's a mindset of privilege. Yeah, I mean, it really you is. You know, it's, it's, it's a different kind of privilege, but right. a privilege of not having had um, the experiences, you know, and, and the, you know, so when you haven't had these experiences, when you haven't seen you know um all these levels of gray within Mm -hmm. the world you know your your view on things can be so much more simplistic right you can afford that yeah so um the last thing i have in the research section is again this call to some kind of religious reference right right i mean our slayer's name is faith 
<laughs> and in the end, when she's sobbing in the rain, begging for her death, you know, to be released from that hell that she's created, and Angel's holding her, and the rain is falling down, and this is a show where nothing is meaningless. Right. So is that rain symbolic of washing her clean? Is it It's baptismal, I think, right? isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Something kind yeah. of like that, and I don't know, but like I know it means something. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because Wesley's out, the knife is dropped. All of that is happening while this rain is coming down. Um, and I just, and, and even the meaning of her name and what that means in the story, I think is, is just really fascinating. Well, I mean, it's faith and angel. Yeah. I mean, right. right? (laughs) Like we, we work so hard to separate out like this, there's kind of this very atheistic approach to, to Angel and to Buffy. You know, we talk about it over on Buffy too, and that, that these, um, these religious ideals are, uh, and symbols and, and icons are all, you know, they all have this, this power of religion behind them, Mm -hmm. right? You know, they're all charged by the power of religion and we kind of take them carelessly and use them carelessly and don't really think about it. And yet here we have um, faith being held by angel, oh, right? Being God. saved in the arms of the angel, right? Wow. Under a baptismal reign, right? I mean, that feels uh, like that feels like a religious message of some sort. Right. While at the same time being written by people who are, I don't want to say, like, I don't know anything about these people or about their religious background. And God knows I don't have a religious background. I am closest, I would say, to atheists than anything else. Right. Yeah. Um, so I am in no means going to like, but just based on the work and the way, the way we've written things in Buffy and the fact that Joss Whedon himself has said he's an atheist. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, he, he kind of mocks a lot of these ideas and beliefs and yet here we have this this incredibly like powerful human and religious moment it feels like a religious moment oh, you know yeah. within this story and and even the bap- even down to the baptism of the rain like those symbols are there death of the author baby they're yeah, there they are there, so regardless but- of whether anybody like behind the scenes believes or has a strong faith or anything these are these are things that are that are being spoken of because religion is essentially i think in its in its purest form and its best form not in not in the the areas of religion that are used to manipulate people and to do pure evil which we see you know mm-hmm. unfortunately in a lot of places but i think religion in its purest form is a way, a pathway for us to understand ourselves and understand each other. Right. You know, um, and I think that that's in, in that, you know, perspective is what's happening in this scene, that it is a religious moment. I think it so is a too, holy moment. Because religion is where you go to answer questions that can't be answered anywhere else. And yeah. when you explained that the way you just explained it, my whole brain just lit up because oh, wow. we literally have angel holding on to his faith. Yeah. Like, literally yeah (laughs) and holy cow like i mean oh my god what that means for him and you know and we've had these mentions of him before like you just have to have faith or these other Mm -hmm. things and yet here he is literally this angel um yeah and you could look at that as a fallen angel depending on what perspective you look at him from holding on to faith like right wow you are so smart like you just <laughs> I didn't write it. I, it's there. I, I just I just pointed out that it's it. there. 
Well, no, but I mean, I think that it's it's interesting that we do kind of traipse into this religious space. Oh, yeah. And there's so much meaning there, you know, even in a show that doesn't seem to have a lot of strong religious ideals. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and so I think that that's really interesting. Um, And the idea that, you know, that we've we've got them. Um, you know, Angel is delivering redemption, right? And I mean, that's a religious theme. Right. Like the idea of redemption, the idea of being forgiven. And sacrifice. You know, the idea of being able to earn that. Yeah, like that is a religious theme. Yeah. And Angel is absolutely all about, you know, if I can save her, I'm going to save her. I almost saved her last year. Right. The, the saving. I mean, saving people. That is kind of a religious idea, you know, (laughs) all of these things are religious ideas. And I think that rather than, I mean, rather than I think the show, and again, I can't speak to anybody on the show, what they thought, what they think, what they believe. I know nothing about all of that. I can't speak to that. Um, But the show kind of is traipsing into this area that is a very human area that has also been covered you know, by religious themes and by religious stories and, and discussions. Mm-hmm. And those are the kinds of questions that you go to religion for. Can I be forgiven? Right. You know, is this possible? Right. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's religion that goes, you know, Jesus saves, right. Yep. You know, it's, it's all that, it's all that idea, like all of this stuff, you know, comes from these same places. So I think they're talking about the same themes that religion talks about. And that I feel like all of these kind of, um, this imagery, this angel, this faith, this baptism, um, you know, this, this salvation, right? It all kind of comes together in this sort of crash that feels almost to me unintentional and yet somewhat magical. Well, that's the best kind of poetry. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is, this is poetic mm-hmm. and meaningful. And I don't know that you could intentionally even script it that way, Yeah, you know, um, because the story takes on meaning of its own and it it evolves and you know sometimes you don't even know what you're writing until after you've written it and I've had that experience I have had books that I wrote and at the time I had no idea what I was writing then I go back later and I see it so clearly Mm -hmm. and at the time I had no idea so yeah you're right it was it was magical and it was poetic and um it's just so fantastic it's so fantastic so did you have anything else in your research section um, you know, we have a little bit of a discussion of the soul, right? Um, we have Wesley when he's talking about the kid they were trying to get to testify against Wolfram and Hart, right? And he says he may be a ruffian, but he's already got a soul and therefore deep down inside an urge to do what's right. Mm-hmm. And again, we've got this idea that the having of the soul is all you need, that that is an essential innate goodness, which is obviously patently textually untrue as we move not 10 minutes later to Lila and Lindsay breaking out the popcorn while they're watching face smash evil Bazinga into a, into a table. Right. Right. You know? Um, So the idea that having a soul is the essential ingredient to goodness when we know that that's not true. um, I'm wondering if this is something that we are um, casually throwing out without thinking about it. Mm Or are we really trying to um, kind of illustrate Wesley's naivete when it comes to this sort of thing? And I don't know. What do you think? So I think there's there's a couple of essential philosophical questions that yeah. this show raises. 
So one of them is the battle between like Kantian ethics and the idea of whatever is the best for the most number of people. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. is, is the right thing to do like you do this because it's right or Mm -hmm. do you do what benefits the most number of people regardless of the means? This right. is an essential lifelong question of philosophy. And and I think mm-hmm. that Angel looks at that in some very interesting ways. Mm-hmm. I think another area of philosophy that they look at maybe unintentionally is the big idea of human nature itself. Right. Yeah. And so there's three major schools of thought here. One is that we're all born inherently good. Mm-hmm. One is that we're all born inherently evil. And right. one is that we're all born as blank slates. Mm-hmm. You know, and so depending on that core essential philosophy that guides you, it's so the basic underlying assumption here is that because everyone has a soul, everyone's primary state of being is good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is is maybe even an unconscious underlying assumption that the yeah. show challenges in ways that I don't even know that they realize they're challenging. Which yeah, I don't think they makes do. it even more interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it really does. So I, I don't, I, I don't know that they did that on purpose, but I love that it happened. Yeah, no, it is. It, it does. It makes me see Wesley as, as his view of the world, being much simpler mm-hmm. than the world really is. It is, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that idea that, um, that this guy will do the right thing because he has a soul, right. like that's not. We we know that's not true, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was interesting. The other thing is that we have all of these characters at Wolfram and Hart, right? Who are all LMs, right? Oh. Lila Morgan, Lindsay McDonald, Lee Mercer, right? Those are the, those are these three guys, right? And I had noticed a long time ago, like on a couple of watches ago of, of Angel, that they all have LMs and I didn't know why. Somebody, and again, I can't remember where, maybe you'll remember where, might've been Discord, might've been Twitter, said that um, it comes from uh, um, Lucifer Morningstar from the DC <gasps> comics, right? who was a character, you know, basically supposed to be the devil, oh, right? Wow. And that they were all named for uh, for him. So I thought that that was kind of interesting, you know, but also like Lucifer as a name. Oh, yeah. Always, it was always interesting because, you know, basically the, the root of the name is the bringer of light. Right. Yeah, the bright right? morning star. And yet here he is, the representation. And, and Lucifer was, you know, started out as an angel. Right. The, right. Yes. Um, so here we have Angel. Right. With his his opposite numbers, which are all named for a fallen angel. Right. You know, Lucifer Morningstar. Um, and then that we have Lucifer, which represents light. So we have all of these people at Wolferman Heart who are named indirectly through a line. Right. For the bringer of light. Um, and yet they are representative of the darkness, you know? And so I thought that that was kind of, of interesting and that, that we have this connection between light and dark because without darkness, there is no light. Everything's light. Right. Right. So I don't know, like, it's just questions. I don't really have any answers for that. And I don't know textually that they were deliberately all named LM, that it was for Lucifer Morningstar. I just know that somebody mentioned this to me on social media. So, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I couldn't find a confirmation of it. I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because then you do have that fundamental question. Like you said, without darkness, is there light? Without light, is there darkness? Mm-hmm. Like, you can spin that the other way as well. Um, right. Oh, gosh. Oh, you are just 
you are lighting my brain up in every possible way today. <laughs> this is the best thing. <laughs> well, good. I don't have any answers. I'm just asking questions. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, hopefully people will be out there and, and, and everybody who says things on Twitter and on uh, Discord, I'll never remember who you are. But if you say something really interesting, I might bring it up in the show. Oh, so. oh, okay. See, yeah. this is what happens when you light my brain up. So, oh, what happened? Okay. So you have the idea of the bright morning star, right? The light bringer, yes. Lucifer, this fallen angel, right? Right. And then, and so in that same religious iconography, you have Jesus, who is the sun, mm-hmm. S-O-N, but mm-hmm. sounds exactly like the sun, S-U-N. Yes. And then we have mm-hmm. our angel who can't go out in the sun. Right. Who can't, who has to be in the darkness. Oh, so God. I don't these- know what any of this means, but I love it. No, but it's it's really nice. Like these dark representations of the the essence of human darkness, right, um, are named for light, right? And angel, who is light, who is fighting for the right thing, who's trying to do the right thing, who's trying to redeem himself, right, has to live in darkness. And and is also incredibly dark. I mean, Angelus yeah. is still angel. I mean, as and, far as the right. meaning it's still of the part name, of who he is. Right? right? You know, the, what do they say? The demon with the face of an angel. Yeah. Um, which is also what they say about Lucifer, right? The most beautiful yeah. angel who, yeah. who had ever been. Oh, God, I'm going to be thinking about this forever. It's really neat. And I don't know if they did all of this deliberately, but it's beautiful. Oh, it is. It's beautifully lined up. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, I like it. So what's our one to brood on for five by All five, right. Lonnie? For five by five. Five by five is hands down the best angel episode to date. One of the strongest things the show has going for it is its ability to talk about deeper, darker themes, redemption, regret, the nature of good and evil, and how those grand scale ideas translate into the conflict in the human soul. And this is the territory where angel belongs when it goes to places like this. It's comparable really to the best television ever. So there are a lot of people who will say, oh God, is it worth it? It's really not that. The thing is with angel is that Buffy has a very consistent level of quality all the way through even the places where it's not as good it's still like it's still fairly consistent Angel is not consistent Angel will have truly truly terrible episodes Um, but when it's good it is I mean when it's good when Angel is at its best I think in a lot of ways it even exceeds Buffy I think so too you know so um, so there are a lot of things to love in Angel. And the thing is, is that the delta of quality is a lot wider than what we get over on Buffy. Um, but when it's good, I mean, when it's tight, like that is why we watch Angel. And that's this is exactly it's these episodes and there will be more. Mm-hmm. There's more really great stuff coming from Angel. Oh, I mean, yeah. just fantastic stuff coming from Angel. Right. Um, but I mean, this is why. I want to do this podcast. This is why I want to walk people through this show. This is why I'm telling you the episodes that you can skip so that when you get to the good stuff, you understand why people who love this show love this show. Yes. And and you're helping me. Like, that's my reason for doing this podcast, because mm-hmm. I know how much I love this show, but I don't know why. And oh, every yeah. week when we talk, I'm figuring out more and more of it. And now I realize that part of it is the poetry. Yeah. And it's so that good. makes perfect sense that that speaks to me, but I never would have seen that without your perspective. Yeah, so. I mean, it's well worth it. Oh, like yeah. going through Angel and talking about it in depth 
is well worth it. A lot of people look at Angel and they just think it's a Buffy spinoff and it doesn't have, you know, it's not Buffy. If you want it to be Buffy, you're going to be disappointed. Right. But there are things that Angel is and things that Angel does that are as good as anything else that has ever been on television and is well worth talking about. Absolutely. So that said, let's move into Sanctuary. So in Sanctuary, Angel shelters Faith against strong objections from Wesley and Cordy, the Watchers Council, the LAPD, Wolfram and Hart, and Buffy. The lawyers send an assassin after Faith who takes him out in short order. Faith struggles to find her footing on the path to redemption as the Watchers Council tries to recruit Wesley, who's still recovering from torture at Faith's hands, to help them take her down. Wesley outsmarts the Watchers and helps Angel save the rogue slayer who almost tortured him to death. Wolfram and Hart tip Kate off about Angel harboring her fugitive. Buffy shows up and much fighting ensues. Kate arrests Angel and in the midst of rising stakes, helicopters, guns, and more dangers closing in, Faith faces her redemption head on and turns herself over to the cops. Buffy leaves hurt and angry and Angel stays in his world hurt and alone carrying the weight of Faith's soul in addition to the love that he still carries for Buffy. Sanctuary aired on May 2nd, 2000. It was directed by Michael Lang, who will return to direct Judgment, the first episode of season two. It was written by Tim Minear and Joss Whedon, who are serious contenders when it comes to the <laughs> writing. Both of them are very good. And um, I have to say, I like Sanctuary a lot. I think I like 5x5 five five maybe a little bit better, um, but not because Sanctuary is is missing. Any. I mean, Sanctuary is great. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like the, the come down afterwards. Yes, <laughs> but the last five minutes of oh, five god. by five—they're <laughs> so good. Oh god, I just yeah, I, and I I keep thinking of these two as like one episode. It feels like what it is one story. Yeah, it's, it's it really one story, is. and I, ke- yeah. I keep getting mm-hmm. stuff mixed up between the two of them. But the the <laughs> ending scene of five by five is some of the best television that's ever been made. Um, but yeah. this episode is excellent, you know, and the, mm-hmm. and there's so much wonderful stuff here. Um, yeah. Starting with the very beginning with one of my yeah. moments of perfect happiness, you know, when we have Angel tucking Faith into bed and he is yeah. both very weary of her and also trying to heal her. And he knows exactly how to walk that line. Yeah. And man, I'm telling you, my love for him and that is that space. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's dealing with. He knows a he can shake her and lose her. B, Mm -hmm. she can attack him at any point. He's alienating everyone he cares about, Mm -hmm. you know, in putting himself at great risk to do it. And, and yet takes this on without saying, you know, I'm doing this for your own good, or you should be grateful or listen to me. It's just this very simple, I have been in this darkness. If you want me to show you the way out, I will. And it just speaks to me in every possible way. And, to start the episode like that after kind of that rush of desperation and violence at the end of the last one was mm-hmm. so beautifully done. Um, I just loved it. Yeah. It's a really nice tender moment and it is very much, he's not thinking of himself, right? He's thinking about what she needs. He remembers what that feels like. 
you know, where you're so desperate and just trying to find anything you can hold on to. And it is a moment by moment thing. And we even see that in, you know, she says angel and he turns around and she has a flash of, you know, killing him. Right. Right. That her anger and the hurt and everything in her that made her go down this path is still part of her. You know, it's still something she struggles with. And, uh, and so I liked that because we saw that it's not a moment. You know, it's not a moment that you make this choice and suddenly your life is different. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to make that choice. It's, it's recovery, right? Right. You don't just ever stop, you know, wanting whatever it is that you're recovering from, you know, but you make the choice and then you make the choice and then you make the choice again and you constantly make that same choice every time. And Angel has been doing this for a hundred years. He knows how it goes. Mm-hmm. But that moment of of needing to make that choice for the first time and get a couple of days under your belt where you've made that choice, right? right? Um, Like that is a very precarious moment and he completely understands that. And none of this is about him. Right. And it's one of the things that I love about it too is none of it's about him. Like he knows this isn't about him. This is about her. This is about what she needs. And even though he's had this experience and even though it's because he's had this experience that he's able to be there for her, he's not making it about him and his experience. He's just using that memory to be there for her exactly and i love that me too absolutely oh god and i love upstairs when wesley comes in and he looks at cordelia you know her bruised face mm-hmm. and she looks at him and he's been beaten to hell and they both have this expression in that moment where they're so empathetic for each other you know, he's more concerned about her pain and her injuries than she is about her own. And she's more concerned about his than he is about his own. Um, and I like it. I like it a lot until he calls Faith a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll bring that up and stake this. <laughs> so, and of course, this is the moment where Cordelia says, if it's any consolation, you look like you were tortured by a much larger woman. Because <laughs> really Faith is a tiny little stick of a thing, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, that, I thought that was really cute. I love that moment with Cordy and Wesley. I did too. And, and, but it's also speaking again to Wesley's limited perspective because, you know, yeah. he, he touches Cordelia's face in that very tender way. You mm-hmm. know, he's very concerned about her. And he said, I'm so sorry I allowed this to happen. And right. Cordy says, I believe it was Faith who allowed her elbow to collide with my face. Right. And, and so, like, he doesn't have the power that he thinks he has. Right. You know, and that, mm-hmm. and he doesn't realize that yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I just, it's. Because that's an arrogance. Yes, that is exactly. a, That is an inherent arrogance to say, oh, this is my fault because I have the power and I could have stopped right. this. No, no, you couldn't you have. You couldn't have. You know? Um, yeah. And so I, but I like Cordy's ability to, to very quickly be like, uh-uh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like I, Cordy's ability to see things for what they are, yeah. um, her pragmatism in a lot of ways, um, her understanding of a situation is, is really actually remarkable. And I think because she's so snarky and so witty mm-hmm. that it, it has a lot of humor to it, but underneath that, you know, talk about someone who knows how to read a room. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah. her intuition she sees. is Like, I mean, she's the one on. with the visions, but yeah. she's also the one who sees, exactly. right? She's the truth teller. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I really did. I really did like that. 
I thought that was good. I love too Wesley's anger, mm-hmm. like how how hurt he is, you know. And this moment where he says, um, "Won't she find it difficult enjoying delicious jelly filled donuts?" If she is, one assumes bound and gagged. <laughs> <laughs> And then they have this wonderful interaction with Angel. He's like, you know, what do you want me to do? Let her starve. And we're not in the business of giving up on people and this whole thing. And then Angel says, it wasn't too long ago that you were making the case for her rehabilitation. And he says, it wasn't that long ago that I had full feeling in my right arm. Yes. And I thought that this was a really nice, like, I'm on Angel's side. Oh, yeah. You know, but Wesley's anger, um, Wesley's pain, um, you know, his, he was tortured which is a big deal, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're not really, um, we're not really giving space for that because everything right now, especially for Angel, is about faith. Yes. It's about getting her through this thing. But I also saw this, and and again, I mean, Mm -hmm. Wesley needs care too, but um, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to go where the greater need is. And right now, even... Or where you can do something. Like, he can't do anything for Wesley. Right, but right now, Faith's need is greater. But not Mm -hmm. only that, one thing, you know, Wesley's furious because they're nice donuts. Angel just got whatever was easy. Angel doesn't know how to feed humans. But what Wesley does not know, that Angel does know, is what it is like to be starving. And Wesley, like, that's not Wesley's experience. Angel knows what that is. You know, and so mm-hmm. he knows Faith is not, you know, she's not set up. She's not, nobody's making sure she's got dinner. She doesn't have mm-hmm. a place to go. God knows the last time she had anything to eat. Um, yeah. And so he he's tending to her, you know, basic survival needs. And mm-hmm. if you've not, if you've never been without that, it's right. not going to cross your mind, you mm-hmm. know, because you're going to be so filled with your own rage which you're entitled to but at the same time if we can't tend to each other's basic humanity Mm -hmm. then nothing good can ever really get accomplished because then you can take your vengeance to the point of well i don't care if she starves and it's very easy to say that if you've never been hungry Mm -hmm. you know and i just i just see this as one more expression of wesley's he's still very young and yes he's seen some dark things and he's done some hard things but mm-hmm. he doesn't quite have the experience that he thinks he has. And he doesn't no. quite have the ability to truly understand Angel's experience yet. No. Yeah, no, it is, it's, a, it's a really, I mean, that whole thing has a lot of stuff going on that's going to be continued to be unpacked mm-hmm. throughout. Like Wesley is, Wesley's on a path. Oh, yeah. You know, we're going, <laughs> we're going places with Wesley. Um, I love this moment with Cordelia where she has Angel sign all of her paychecks. Yep. And she's like, I'm going on a paid vacation. I am not hanging out for this. Yes. <laughs> I love that from Cordy. Like, You've got a psychotic slayer downstairs with three tons of medieval weaponry. <laughs> right. like, I'm out of here. Out. But she's not standing there judging Angel. She's not yeah. trying to change his mind. She's nope. going, this situation is dangerous. Mm-hmm. This is what I need from you. I will see you when exactly. this is resolved. And I exactly. love that about her. I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I like, too, with Faith, that we don't suddenly switch her. Like, it's not like a switch and suddenly she's sweet and she's so sorry and she oh, just yeah. can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she's still edgy Mm -hmm. you know she's still protecting herself you know she's protecting her vulnerability um we have 
that moment where we see her flash to what happened, like the, the first time she killed somebody, right? You know, where she um, she accidentally staked uh, the mayor's deputy in the heart, right. right? So we have her having that memory, you know, because this is the moment where things went bad for her, mm-hmm. you know, where she said, I don't care. You know, Buffy said, you killed a human. And she says, I don't care. But she does care. She has always cared. But not caring was the only thing that she could turn to. And you can see that after... After everything that she's done since then, like everything that she's done, working with the mayor, Mm -hmm. you know, shooting Angel with the poison and almost killing, like all of the stuff that she's done. That's the moment she goes back to because that's the moment that she made a bad choice. That's the moment that she made the first choice that sent her down the path that she's on now. And I I think it's even more complicated than that because Mm -hmm. there's this expression that I I really hate um, that's, you know, if not for the grace of God, go I. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really easy to say that when yeah. you're on that side of things. Right. But what happened to Faith when she accidentally staked a person could have happened to Buffy. Yeah. You know, like oh, the, the risk for that is the same. But the yeah. one that ends up with that experience is Faith. And so, yeah. and that's just one more thing in a long line of things that went well for Buffy that did not go well for Faith. And yeah. so, like, I think... I think that they tend to gloss over that, that it is, it is this sort of, there is a kind of grace surrounding Buffy and there is a sort of darkness surrounding faith, neither Mm -hmm. of which they chose. It was the circumstances that they were born into, even though they were both born slayers. And I find that fascinating. Yeah. No, I love that. And then, you know, Angel is talking to her so very calmly and he's like, there's some Mm -hmm. things you're going to have to do. The first thing I need you to do is give me that knife. And Faith is holding, you know, this huge knife. I don't even think she was aware she was holding it. Right. And not only does he tell her that he steps toward her while that knife is pointed to him, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and just the, the, the trust that he's giving her, he's giving her trust that she has not earned. Yeah. In that moment, mm-hmm. because there's nowhere for her to go without it. Yeah. And he's taking that risk on himself. Mm-hmm. And that was beautiful. Yeah. No, that was really nicely done. I like that a lot. Yeah. And he tells her, you know, you should be resting. And she says, I've been asleep for eight months. You rest. Like, And, and I just love that because, like you said, she's yeah. not giving up that edge. Yeah. You know, she's, yeah. She, she wants to change, but she's also not willing to be someone she's not and she's not Mm -hmm. going to forget the experiences that she's had which i just thought Mm -hmm. was great you know yeah well i love this whole thing where he is you know she's like you know this i'm the first person of a vampire as a sponsor such a great (laughs) one i thought was really fun (laughs) um but we have this this speech from angel you know where he says i once told you you didn't have to go out in that darkness that was your choice well you chose you thought you could just touch it that you'd be okay but it swallowed you whole so tell me how do you like it yeah right you know he's pushing her through this whole thing. And he's like, it's supposed to hurt all that pain, all that suffering you caused is coming back on you. Feel it, deal with it. Then maybe you've got a shot at being free. And I mean, this is the thing, like one of the things I was thinking about, right? <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm watching this is, you know, I love a redemption story. Mm-hmm. I love a redemption story. Um, I, whenever they happen, anything that I'm watching or whatever, I'm totally into it. I love the idea of, of people being able to come back you know, from terrible things that they've done. Um, And 
this is, of course, what you have to do. Like, you have to face what you've done. You have to um, to change the things that you do, the way that you behave. You know, you have to change everything. And you can't do it in words. Like when she says, you know, gee, I'm really sorry. I almost tortured you to death, right? You know, you can't say right. anything. There's nothing you can say. Angel like, you have to use like, action. I think first right. I dropped the G. <laughs> I dropped the G, right? It's so great. But, you know, if you're trying to come back on this path to redemption, it's not about what you say. It's about what you do. Mm -hmm. It's about the actions that you take, you know. And um, and so she's at this point where she starts having to make those choices. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, I love redemption stories. It's always fun for me. But I don't think I've ever known anybody who's been like really evil, you know, like seriously, like messed up, who's come back from that, like in real life. Like, I don't know that I've ever... No, I've seen people who have like, you know, had difficult things and have had a lot of pain. And because of that pain, they've acted out and then, you know, come back from that. But people who do like truly evil shit, like I've never seen anybody come back from that. And as I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, I love these redemption stories, but damn, <laughs> does this ever happen? Well, maybe you know? it, that speaks to what you were talking about with me on an earlier episode about going mm-hmm. to fiction for yeah. emotions that we can't work out any other place. Yeah. You know, because maybe that is the only place that it can happen. Yeah, I think maybe. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I like to believe that there's hope for everybody. But I think the people who are, the people who are redeemed are the ones who feel bad about the stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. You know, and the people who are truly evil and are the ones that never do. And I mean, like, so Faith felt bad about this all along. Like, she was doing these these bad things, but she felt bad. This has been haunting her all along. And in the, the first episode in 5 by 5 right, we see her. She could have killed Cordelia. She could have killed Wesley. She could have done all sorts of things. She doesn't do it. She wants to piss Angel off enough that he will kill her. But she doesn't want to hurt people. Right right? That's the redemption, right? Angel did all of these really terrible things, but he didn't have a soul, Mm -hmm. you know, when he got his soul, like, but I don't think that the people who do these truly evil things, like if you don't, they don't just get their soul. Nobody can do like a Romani curse. (laughs) So, um, so I mean, like, how does, how do these redemption stories work when somebody has truly, truly been evil? Like, I don't know that it does. I think maybe there's a couple of things here. So Mm -hmm. one may be, that this is something fiction gives us that life can't. Right. The other may be yeah. if someone has done this, if they if they mm-hmm. really were that evil and they have overcome it and they have been redeemed, you are probably never going to hear about it. Yeah. You know, that's probably yeah. not a story that they share. I guess you just start over. Right. I mean, you would have to. Yeah. Right. This mm-hmm. is you're not going to do it in your hometown. Right. So I, I do think that that. It has to be enough of a human experience to find its way into so many stories. Yeah. And just like, you know, when that question all the time is, are soulmates real? Is these huge romantic mm-hmm. stories real? Is that kind of yeah. love real? It has to be real. Like all myth is grounded in some kind of reality, right? Right. It has to be mm-hmm. true enough to the human experience to find its way into so many stories. And even if this is not something that people can actually accomplish, it seems to be something that people desire enough to Mm -hmm. find its way into fiction. Yeah, I mean, I think the people who desire it, like... I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, one of these questions that, that people often ask, they have this whole thing like, you know, wait, am I a narcissist? Do I? And I'm like, no, because you asked exactly. that question. <laughs> like, you know, like, if you care, then you're tormented by the bad things that you've done, then there's a shot. But if you don't care, then you're never going to work yourself hard enough to be able to, 
you know, to do the redemption anyway. So like real, true evil can't be redeemed. Well, and and I think it's the same reason we tell stories about heroic acts and, you know, like all the the major myths and because those Mm -hmm. characters do things that are impossible for the regular person to do because they are Mm -hmm. that difficult. And Mm -hmm. so maybe this falls into that same space because it's not a matter of, you know, just like they didn't change faith and have her all repentant Mm -hmm. and, you know, passive and weak. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that it's probably out of the scope of most people's ability and so mm-hmm. it, it becomes a sort of hero story in a different way in terms of what is being overcome is monumental. Right. And, and yeah, that's a fascinating idea. Just a, a huge question of what does that mean in terms of your humanity? Right. You know, for your own desire for your redemption and the redemption of others, mm-hmm. which is also falling into the space of religious questions that can't be answered anywhere else. Exactly. And here we are yet again. And now, of course, I've, I've moved us, I hopped us ahead into questions, but we are not done no. with uh, <laughs> Moments of Perfect Happiness. Not even close. So what else you got for uh, me? Buffy. Uh, Buffy. <laughs> Buffy. I mean, I get Lila and Lindsay and Dorla and Buffy in these two uh-huh. episodes and Faith. I love it. And, like, uh, and oh Faith. my God. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's all good it's stuff. So good. It is a smorgasbord of yeah, awesome. I mean, yeah. If Oz had just followed her to deliver the message <laughs> and then Spike had followed Oz to get his ring back. Right. I, yeah. It, I, <laughs> it, couldn't be, it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. We would have had multiple moments of perfect happiness yes. is what I'm saying. Um, I know. But I. There would have been soul losing all over the place. <laughs> oh, Yes happily (laughs) and um but but was really interesting to me was the last time buffy was in angel's world she seemed Mm -hmm. much older now when she comes back she seems much younger like younger Mm -hmm. even than she does in her own universe you know she's so angry she's so hurt all she can see is angel All she can see is that, you know, we've had that moment in the past on Buffy when they were trying to convince Faith that Angel was evil and they they had that kiss and Buffy had to watch it. And, like, it's bringing Mm -hmm. up all of these things for her. Yeah. Um, And, you know, she even tells Faith, you apologize to me, I will beat you to death. Well, it's this unfiltered, angry response from, you know, from a young person. And the mm-hmm. look on Buffy's face when she hits Angel and he hits her back. <gasps> oh, my uh, God. She yeah. she cannot believe that that has happened. Like, yeah. her whole world has now been turned upside down. I know. And I love his response. Not to go all schoolyard on you, but you hit me yeah. first. And you're a lot stronger <laughs> than I am, right. right? You know, like, I love that. I love, like, Buffy in this episode is wrong. Oh, yeah. She is out of line she is wrong about everything and i love that she is wrong about everything i love that angel is calling her out i love that she is not in her universe right Right. now this is somebody else's space you know um it's so it's so great she has this um you know this just nasty moment of i'm sorry i can't be in your club i've never murdered anyone like that that self-righteous you know kind of superiority um and so out of line but my favorite part of all that is at the end Mm -hmm. when they have that conversation he says Buffy this isn't about you right you know this is about saving someone's soul that's what I do and you 
are not a part of it. I love Angel's understanding, his wisdom, Mm -hmm. his experience. I love the way that they give him the ability to see this bigger picture all the time. Oh, yeah. You know, and he says, you came for faith. You were looking for vengeance. And she goes, I have a right to it. And he says, not in my city. And I love that he stood up to her. Oh, yeah. And it's, to me, it just, it was immediately like the difference in their primary lens, like their their yeah. paradigms and the way that they see the world and each other. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in I Will Remember You, we had this battle between true love and purpose, right? Yeah. And And it was very much a sacrificial choice. It was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It was star-crossed lovers. It was all of those things. This time... We have the primary lens speaking to the difference of life experience and the deepening of purpose. This is not Mm -hmm. about star-crossed lovers. And I like this a whole lot more. I love it. I love it because it does speak to the essence of why they can't be together. Right, And, you know, is that they see the world in fundamentally different ways. But in this space right now, like Buffy's Mm -hmm. primary lens is still Angel. This is the man she loves. This is a woman he's hurt her with before. This is Mm -hmm. all about her and her emotional reaction because she's still very young and she's still very much in love. And Angel still loves her. You know, he tells her, Mm -hmm. I see you again. It cuts me up inside. And the person I share that with is me. Right. Oh, my God. He's so good in that that. moment. He carries that love for Mm -hmm. her. But. He now understands that, like, his purpose before was this, you know, warrior, this this mm-hmm. this champion, help the helpless. That right. purpose has now deepened into saving someone's soul. Mm-hmm. And as much as he yeah. loves Buffy, those two things do not equate. And And I just, this is the most beautiful demonstration where I can say, yes, in this case, I agree that purpose yeah. is higher than that romantic love between the two of them. And this is how you do it because it is right. not a matter of star-crossed lovers. It is a matter of awareness and experience and choice and purpose. And I can yeah. totally get behind that. And all of those things. No, it's so fantastic. And I love that moment when he stands up. First of all, she uses Riley to hurt yeah. him. And that's shitty. Oh, yeah. That is shitty. And then when he says, the person I get to share that with is me. Oh, like, God. I don't get that option. Like, when he's angry, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's always so like, no, I deserve it. I'll go brood, you know. But like, this is the moment where he's angry. And he's like, this is what I live with. You know, like, I don't get to just go off and move on and be with somebody new. That's not for me. Like, I have to live with this by myself. And he just, he pushes that in. I love, love that whole thing. Yes. The way he, you know, he states that to her, the way he stands up to her. Because usually with Buffy, he's very like, okay, whatever right. you want, that's right. good. You know, but he, he hit her in the face. Yeah. You know? And she's so Which, shocked. Which, by the way, was deserved. Right. And she just doesn't. She doesn't know how to process that yet. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, the last thing she says to him is faith wins again. Because she right, still, which is she ridiculous. does not understand what's at stake here. She still can't no. see past her own pain. And faith is not invested in her. Not at angel. all. You know, but you because know, yeah. that's Buffy's mm-hmm. primary lens, that's how she sees everything. If I don't get what I want, faith is getting exactly. what she wants. We're, we're right. actually, mm-hmm. the reality could not be more different Because Buffy Mm -hmm. has had everything that Faith ever possibly could have wanted, but Mm -hmm. she can't see that because that's her experience. And then when Buffy walks away, you know, Wesley had this great moment where he asked Mm -hmm. Angel, do you want to go after her? And all Angel said was yes. 
and he didn't move. Yeah. And but oh go. god, I just I love that. It was so well done. It was and and you yeah. know, I always think of I will remember you and how it makes me cry and how it pulls my heart, but this mm-hmm. moves me to a place that's deeper than that. And yeah. it was so well done and and just it's poetic. So I mean, it's, it's just yeah. amazing. No, it's really beautifully done. I also liked uh, when they were on the roof, mm-hmm. like with Buffy and Faith, that Buffy and Faith are fighting, you know, but then somebody's shooting at them. The Watchers, the stupid Watchers, which are completely a stake this thing for me. <laughs> um, but uh, but when they when they start having, they work together well again. And it's like one of these things. I always say that builds a great romance, but it builds a great relationship. Like any relationship that you want to build, people who work well together, that's fantastic. Right. Absolutely. You know, so. And yeah. Faith asking Buffy, just tell me how to make it better. Yeah. You know, and Buffy's not even close to being able to, to hear that, mm-hmm. which I thought was so good. Um, yeah. And then we got one of the funniest lines. I think in the whole the whole run of the show and this crack I don't care how deeply emotionally invested I am and everything that's uh-huh. going on when this happens I will stop and laugh my ass off every time. So like we have the not Lindsay, you know. Mm-hmm. And he and Lila and Lindsay are getting together figuring out exactly how much trouble they're in with the senior partner. Right. And he says this is getting ridiculous. The first assassin kills the second assassin sent to kill the first assassin who didn't assassinate anyone until we hired the second assassin to assassinate her. And like, <laughs> first of all, the fact that he could deliver that line. <laughs> that had to be like- tough. That had to go. They they had a few takes that on was, that. They must. That have, was so yeah. fantastic. But like <laughs> when you create that big of a mess, and you have to yeah. step back and summarize it and be like, "Oh God, I have fucked up." <laughs> like, I, just, <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, no, I thought that was fantastic. I really like that. I like Evil Bazinga. Evil Bazinga is fun. Um, <laughs> but I like also at the end. Um, when we've got this, um, this moment with Wesley and Angel, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're talking about Faith and, you know, Wes is like, you did it and you brought her back. And he says, I didn't do it. Faith did it. Yes. That was so good. Which I really, really And when Angel, when, uh, when Wesley comes to tell Angel about the Watchers Mm -hmm. and he stops and, and this is the Wesley I love because he goes back to this quiet, deep core of himself and his voice Mm -hmm. just expresses so much. And he yeah. says, Angel, it wasn't for her. And Angel says, right. I know. Like, that to me right. is when Wesley yeah. really became loyal to Angel. That yeah. it's not about him being his boss. It's not about any of that. Mm-hmm. This is the moment he joined Angel's side. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I love that, that he is so loyal to Angel, mm-hmm. you know, um, I really, really love that. Um, and one of the things I also liked in this, although I hated the whole Watcher thing, I do like that they have Wesley in the bar and he's throwing the darts and he's really oh, good yeah. at it. And then later on, so later on when he throws the syringe and he hits the guy in the neck, it's believable, right. you know, right. and I'm like, okay, nicely seated, yeah. well done, a little tiny detail, but it worked out really nice. Um, so I thought that was good. I also liked when Angel jumped on the helicopter and he's all in vamp pace and he's like take <laughs> okay so we have established that i'm a shallow shallow woman i will own it yes was i the only one who also wanted the captain america version of angel holding onto the helicopter off the side of the building with his arms oh, yeah. doing the captain america stretch <laughs> you are the not thought alone. did cross my mind <laughs> the thought did cross your mind did it yes no it's it's all good stuff with angel i have to say but we're done with good stuff. Let's talk about steak this. What do you have to say? Okay, stake? I only have two. 
So one was, at the beginning of this, Wesley is arguing to help Faith. We can save her. We can save her. Then she tortures Mm -hmm. him. And his convictions totally change. Which Mm -hmm. I understand. But was Faith only worth saving until she hurt him? So, like... Yeah. and, And... he can't. He wasn't personally. Ex- he didn't have a personal right? dog so in the fight. So you kind of have again that not in my backyard. Not in if it doesn't yeah. touch me personally. It's incredibly right. easy to argue on this side. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I, I'm like, I kind of want to sit Wesley down. Yeah. And yeah. and have a talk. Um, I. You know what? <laughs> I understand it. It's fresh. Oh yeah. He's I mean, just yeah, been, he's tortured. been tortured. Like I, I, I totally. Get I get that. it. Like. But but in the end, though, if you have a conviction, if you believe in something very strongly, then you need to hold on to that, even when you're angry and hurt exactly. and tormented. And so we're seeing that Wesley doesn't quite have, you know, because he says, like Angel says, it wasn't that long ago that you were arguing for mm-hmm. her. And he says, wasn't that long ago I had feeling in my right, right. arm. It is absolutely about specifically what she exactly. did. Exactly. So when his yeah. experience is different, his convictions shift. And, like, right. one of my favorite Whedon characters of all time, Shepard Book mm-hmm. from Firefly. Yeah. And he says, mm-hmm. I don't care what you believe. Just believe right. it. And yes. so if if you're in this space where you are assuming the moral high ground and your convictions are not strong enough to stand up when the rain hits the ground and it gets muddy under you, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm, I have just problems with that. And then they're not, they're real, not real convictions. convictions. They're yeah. convenient convictions because they haven't been tested yes. yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted yeah. to stake that. Um, although I actually mm-hmm. think it's an interesting part of Wesley's character. I do too. I actually, and, and that's why like, I'm okay with it. It doesn't bother me because again, it's one of these things like Wesley has a very complicated um, character and his, he's kind of, I don't know, like we have Angel who can see everything so clearly because he's been through mm-hmm. so much, right? Wesley doesn't see things as clearly. He thinks he right. does, right? But he there's experience that he doesn't have. And so it kind of speaks to his youth, mm-hmm. you know, and his, um, his immaturity a little bit, you know? And, and so I think that it, it speaks to something in his character that I think is really there. Yes. And I'm okay. Yeah, with absolutely. It. And, and it mm-hmm. also, in a way that really surprised me, underlined Angel's role as the father in this family. Cause we yeah. have him before, you know, cooking for Wesley and yep. Cordelia and he watches over them. But it it's like, you know, when your when your teenager makes this huge statement, you know, mm-hmm. about something that's very deep and passionate for them. And as a parent, you know it's temporary. You right. know what's going to come. But if you mm-hmm. waste your breath trying to explain that to yeah. someone who, who simply does not have the cognitive schema to understand, there's right. no point and all it's gonna do is alienate them. And so not mm-hmm. only does Wesley have this lack of you know, understanding angel is aware of Wesley's lack of understanding and angel does not try to mansplain or vampire splain. splain. (laughs) Like he he doesn't do that. Um, And he doesn't even comment on it, but you Mm -hmm. know that he knows. And it just sort Mm -hmm. of solidified him in that paternal role, which I really like. I like it too. I mean, it's definitely, you know, we've, we've played that analog quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, to the point where I think at one point, you know, he even, he even comes between them and calls them children yeah, he did. at one point. But, um, but yeah, I know I find that really, um, really kind of fun and interesting. And again, it gives us this access to, um, to Angel's wisdom, right. 
Yes. You know. Um, yeah. But the other thing I have to stake, because this was so ludicrous, was Kate mm-hmm. not only arresting Angel, but threatening to lock him up in a cell that was in direct sunlight. I, I mean, so I Kate know. is fine murdering someone who she's already admitted is a good person because he pissed her off. Like, right. I have said no, before, Kate is-, Kate is a bully. And I yeah. stand by my statement. Kate is Kate is nothing. There is no consistency to Kate's character. There's nothing about her that is even remotely consistent. So I don't like I Kate's here. Fine. You know, whatever. Like she'll be one thing in one scene and another thing in another scene. Because that was one of the things I wanted to, to stake mm-hmm. was I just I don't have any time for Kate. And then they have this scene with that guy and he's like, you Scully's the chick, right? You know, it's, oh, God. Yeah just shut up just you're wasting my time like i don't care about kate kate has nothing to do with any of this you know aside from the fact that she's trying to find the fugitive or whatever but we don't need that in this story right no we did not need her in the story at all just like we don't need the stupid watchers which are the things i wanted to stake because jesus like the three watcher idiots you know are just it's so annoying and they're trying to get Wesley to betray you know Angel and Faith and all this stuff and we play this all up like he's actually going to do it we have that moment when he's behind Faith and he's like hello Faith yeah (laughs) it's like all right great so Wesley's gonna you know stab her with this syringe and hand her over to the watchers which I believe is something he'd done before that didn't turn out too well so maybe this time you learn but um but I mean, it's just like the whole watcher thing, like these guys, I just, I didn't care. Yeah. I didn't want it. I, didn't, I guess yeah. I liked it because it gave us that space that I truly now believe Wesley's on Angel's side. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that he chose Angel. You know. But, but making us think that he wasn't going to, like, you know, and playing that up a little bit is a little bit of a misdirect. That's, you know, it's not my favorite thing. Yeah. Like, I don't mind a misdirect if it's done well and if it's consistent. Right. But Wesley was never going to betray them. And like, so we, you know, I, I the moment when he says, I'm not going to do it is fine. Right. If he had actually been struggling with it all along, fine. Right. If he was struggling with it and then something happened in that moment that made him change his mind, fine. But the text that we get is, I was never going to do right. this. So having us believe that he was when he never was and that was never what he was going to do, kind of, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, it's mis- it's like misdirecting. It's lying to your audience. It's not playing, st- playing fair. So that's that kind of thing annoyed me. And also, I don't know, Wesley. And the thing is, like, I get it. You know, I get why he's mad at Faith. But when he's talking to Cordelia and he says, bitch, yeah. you know, and I'm just like the way he says it has that kind of MRA mm-hmm. sort of tint to it. And I'm just like, no, it has that very misogynistic kind of tone to it. And I just didn't like it. And this is, you know, our, our lovely sexist Wesley that we need to, <laughs> you know, we need to reform. Wesley doesn't want to be sexist. He just doesn't know any better. But mama, I love him. But mama, I love him. <laughs> Oh, God. So that's it for my stuff to stake. Um, What do we have in research mode? So I really hope that Angel visits Faith in prison on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to believe that he will. I want to believe that that's going to happen. And then we kind of already talked about the idea of, you know, Faith was lost in Sunnydale because it's a black and white place in terms of right and wrong. And so she needed L.A. in that gray space with Angel to find her way back. Um, mm-hmm. that I, I just think is is so incredibly well done. But I, yeah. 
I wish that they had carried that further. Like, I wish we would see her in prison. Mm -hmm. I wish we would see what some of that is like. Because, again, she's the one keeping herself in there. And I think that that would have been really worth revisiting. Yeah. On kind of yeah, I think on so. kind of a regular basis. Um mm-hmm. and, and keeping Angel in that guide and mentor space that mm-hmm. I just I wanted yeah. more of it. I I would have liked to have seen it carried out, you know, through mm-hmm. the series and in, in other ways. Um Yeah. So yeah. What about you? What's in your research section? You know, the only thing is the thing I come back to. I think my research mode, whenever I do it, is going to be, I'm going to talk about souls. I'm going to talk about essential goodness. I'm going to talk about guns. Okay. Right? You know? Which is actually a very interesting we, trinity there, Lonnie. I guess I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but I mean, the thing is, like, uh, guns in the Buffyverse always are interesting mm-hmm. to me because they are, like we've talked about this before, a source of unearned power, right? Any idiot picks up a gun, suddenly they're the most dangerous person in the room, right? right? You know, with no skill set, with nothing, right? Um, so here we have these guns, right? Which in the Buffyverse tend to represent... Um, like, you know, people who are like the most mundane of bad guys, right? That they're not even interesting enough to be able to get their own power. You know, they just have to steal power from another place and, and you know, a place that they haven't earned it, right? So, um, so we have these watcher guys who are like shooting bullets, just spraying the town with bullets, right? Can't hit anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, Buffy's running across the rooftop. They're shooting at her. They can't get her. You right. know, like meanwhile, Wesley can throw a syringe at a moving target and get him from across the right. room, right? <laughs> you know, because he has a skill set, right? He's been in, he's been doing darts in pubs for all. He's earned that skill. He's earned that power. Um, and guns, we have unearned power. We typically, within the Buffyverse associate them with people who are, um, you know, losers who like, you know, can't do anything, can't actually develop a skill on their own. So they grab a right. gun, you know? Um, and so it's kind of interesting whenever they show up, whenever guns show up in Buffy or in Angel, it always feels really out of place to me like um you know recently i did the uh the recording for the episode of angel you know on buffy Mm -hmm. right you know um where darla has these for some reason a vampire has two guns and she's just shooting them all over the place like that was crazy um so there's just a a, for me in the buffy verse whenever i see guns like guns in other stories especially you know cop stories or anything where guns are part of the the you know if you're watching the wire right you know um guns are part of that culture so they belong there but guns don't belong here so whenever guns come into um into Buffy and into Angel I always feel like there's a big message being sent there about how stupid guns are you know well, and it seems to me like you know part of it you said is unearned power part yeah. of it is also giving up the responsibility for decision making because yeah. here are these guys they're watchers right yeah. not only are they shooting at fate they're shooting at Buffy at their, at their slayer. slayer, right? Like, they yes. are, and and so there's no thought to that. There's no rationale yeah. to that because somehow, mm-hmm. if you're holding a gun, not only do you have all this unearned power, you no longer have to make rational decisions. And right. and I think that mm-hmm. there's something there in terms of mm-hmm. you know maybe when you're tapping into unearned power, you're in over your head, and so like yeah. the level of stupidity that you're going to reach is going to be much higher. Than it would have right. been with just mm-hmm. a good old college try on your own. Um, <laughs> right. But I'm like, 
do, do, do you see the blonde? Like, do you know who that is? Right? <laughs> like, you're shooting that is at your, your player. player guy. Like, come on. Right. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I just thought that was, mm-hmm. we're going to start shooting now yeah. so we just forget about everything else. Um, yeah, it's just, it's stupid. It's what, it's like anybody has a gun. They're just immediately dumb. And, um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Guns in the, in the Buffy verse always feel wrong to me. It always feels mm-hmm. wrong. Um, so I don't know. Well, what you got, what you got for us to brood on? Dr. So Jones? I love the variety of character building and story building that we got in mm-hmm. this episode because we see Cordy's pragmatism and resilience. We've got Lila and Lindsay. We've got Faith and Buffy who end up, you know, fighting each other, but also ending up in that moment of having to work together. Mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more of Wesley's dark side and, and he's edging closer to that. We see Faith's mm-hmm. redemption. You know, we've got Wesley and Angel and now Wesley has really mm-hmm. chosen Angel. Um, Wes is all the way in, but he's also on a darker yeah. path. And But the mm-hmm. biggest thing to me is Angel's turn from you know helping the helpless or you know solving the mystery of the week or stopping a mugger to saving Mm -hmm. souls and this deepening and clarity of his purpose and we get angel as solace angel as comfort angel as guide and i swear it just doesn't Mm -hmm. get better than that um well yeah Yeah. angel does get better than this but this was one (laughs) hell of a ride and this pretty i enjoyed every minute Yeah, no, it is really, really good. All right, so what's your favorite part? So to me, this was empathy in action, right? And salvation mm-hmm. through yeah. shared experience. And Angel could not have helped Faith if he had not faced the same darkness. And yeah. so when we think about atonement, I think sometimes we think of it in terms of, I did this or I caused this, therefore I have to do something in equal measure. And mm-hmm. you forget that applied purposefully, very dark knowledge, very dark experiences can still lead to good. And it's not just a matter of exchange, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is powerful, you know, and this was not about Angel's need. It was not about his guilt. It was not about his ego. This was a hundred percent about him helping fate. And, and I think that that shift is important and it marks a new depth for the show. Um, Plus, you know, Lila and fate, Cause I'm a shallow, shallow girl. That's okay, so baby. So I'm gonna go with like super deep philosophy and like super hot femme fatales. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> so what about you? What was your favorite part? Oh God, at that the end of Five by mm-hmm. Five, when Faith is hitting Angel, trying to get him to kill her, he won't hurt her. She's so frustrated. You know, and she just says, kill me, kill me. You know, she just wants it to end. And then she starts crying and he holds her in the rain. And it's just, it's such a beautiful, powerful moment. I love it. Yeah, it was so amazing. Join in the discussion on Twitter. Follow me at Lonnie Diane Rich and Kelly at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag still dead. For more in-depth discussion, visit the Chipperish forums. Go to chipperish.com, click on forum and join in the fun. Or you can support Chipperish Media to the tune of $1 a month or more and gain access to the live chat and Discord where you can hang out with me and Lonnie and all the Chipperish patrons who look good in diamonds and love riding in limos. <laughs> Visit patreon.com chipperish to find out more. You can also show your support for Still Dead by going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a review. That's one of the most effective ways to show support for all of the podcasts that you love. 
Or you can use your social media platform of choice to tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. We will be back next time with Season 1, Episodes 20 and 21, Warzone and Blind Date, both of which are watchers. Until then, we hope you're strong enough to make it. Peace is not an easy thing to find. I'm sorry. I have to ask you a question. I heard that buzz again, but I think I heard it through the thing. Is there, are you getting notifications on your phone or something? Not that I hear. My phone's on silent. I keep hearing a buzz. I don't hear a buzz. Okay. Well, God damn it. This is just what one is, of those days, isn't it? <laughs> what does it sound like? It sounds like when your phone, like when you get a silent huh. phone vibration. All right. I'll put it in my pocket, but <laughs> I didn't hear it. Okay, no, that's weird. That is so weird. Like, I don't know. No, I'm on silent. If if you're hearing it, then you have, like, angel level hearing. Oh, where's your vibrator? (laughs) (laughs) That is still the craziest thing. The haunted vibrator that just turns on by itself. It turned itself on three (laughs) times. Three times. Well, obviously, it is upset that you haven't given it enough attention lately. Honey, it gets plenty of attention. (laughs) It it gets... (laughs) Plenty right. of attention. That's that's gonna go at the end of the episode. Is that oh right? sure, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs>